Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another edition of Pathway to Peace, where we like to take an analytical look at how we can achieve peace, whether that be political peace, economic peace, societal peace, or perhaps the most important of them all, inner peace. The Holy Quran, the book that Muslims believe to contain the divinely revealed direct word of God Almighty, says in chapter 2, verse 149, that vie with one another in good works. As Muslims, we're encouraged to do good works. Those good works can entail a variety of things we do for ourselves, as well as our family and community. Going further, there is a chapter, in fact, in the Holy Quran dedicated to highlighting small kindnesses, chapter 107. This chapter emphasizes that there are small kindnesses that we uh, that we do, but sometimes that we we tend to neglect, even though we might perform the acts of prayer. It mentions fulfilling the rights of orphans and feeding the poor and says pity on those who pray but are unmindful of the true essence of their religious obligations. Those individuals hold back on kindnesses that God commands, commands us not to negate. The chapter highlights how the withholding of such simple assistance annuls the prayer and cancels out any outward piety that one might be displaying. So we can safely say the instruction to do good and to be kind is intrinsic to being a Muslim. We're encouraged to even use goodness and kindness as a measure of progress and success in the reflection of ourselves. In today's show, we're discussing the power of doing random acts of kindnesses and how that can be a pathway to progress and success and ultimately achieving all forms of peace. What is the need one feels to do random acts of kindness? What is the sense of affirmation or reward that one gets for doing an act of kindness? Should acts of kindness be overtly or covertly done? You know, should they be done in open or secret? These are some of the questions that we will navigate in today's show and try and understand what the power of acts of kindness can ultimately do. I am your host, Sabiha. I work at a university in London as a full-time chaplain serving the student and staff community by organizing a variety of events and activities, looking to build bridges between people, and I also look after the different places of uh, prayer and worship as well. I'm joined on today's show by Melissa Ahmadi, a religious studies teacher and a mother of two, and Ali Asami, a mental health counsellor and a mother of a toddler. Welcome, ladies. Assalamu alaikum and greetings of peace. Wa alaikum So there is now um, a whole week that marks the run-up to the day that marks the random acts of kindness on the 17th of February. So can you tell us a bit more about the Random act of, Acts of Kindness Week and day? And, you know, what are the sorts of acts that are being encouraged? Can you give us some examples? Yeah, so Random Act of Kindness Day it actually falls within a week. Um, and each day within that week focuses on a different aspect um, of kindness or random acts of kindness. So some of the examples that they've given for this year are um, spreading joy in the community and um, cultivating kindness in relationships. And acts of kindness to the self as well. I think that's the first day. So they focus on self-care on the first day. Um, and then kindness in school. And then that's just a, a couple of examples throughout the week. But I think it's good to have the reminder. Um, I think in my view, it shouldn't just be for one week, though. I feel like it should be throughout the whole year. Yeah. Um, that might be quite difficult to do. But yeah, that's that's just my opinion. But it's, it's good they have that week to yeah. focus on it. Excellent. Um, Alia, what do you think um, the phrase actually means to do something randomly? Just without sort of foreplanning and just to kind of do it 
just spur of the moment, you know, just whenever you feel inspired to do an act of kindness, then just to do it. So there's that kind of intention of doing a kind act, which will go into what kind acts actually mean Mm -hmm. later. Um, But then then just acting on it, really, and uh, not really thinking about, you know, uh, why just just doing it randomly as yeah. the name suggests yeah and also i suppose it's the the actual doing as well so there's the doing of the act which can be random and then what you actually do could perhaps be a little bit spontaneous or random as well if you don't ordinarily do that thing as well exactly yeah so arguably we live in quite an individualistic society i think and perhaps that's also why you know the week starts um as you said earlier melissa with kindness to oneself In some cultures and countries, there's more of a focus on the collective. Um, And so are we seeing this type of reminder to be kind because we're living in perhaps a more fragmented world? What do you think, Alia? Well, interestingly, there was a British National Survey done back in 2019 called the Kindness Report. And it found that 60% of people felt that Britain had become less caring in the last decade. And more interestingly, they found some demographic factors such as being female, being aged under 35, living with three plus other people. Apparently, these predicted a higher level of kindness, which is really interesting to me. And and another thing is political affiliation, such as being Labour and voting Remain in the referendum were found to be factors. So it was interesting that they found that there was a certain population that exhibited more kindness than others. Um and, you know, there, there perhaps there was a, a bias, like being there, a link between younger people valuing kindness as a trait. And the fact that there is a gender bias is also very intriguing to me. <clears throat> there was also another international study using the kindness test that showed that some people admitted to being kind not very often. Mm-hmm. And some of the reasons included that they were they feared that their kindness might be misinterpreted mm-hmm. and might be seen as wrong intentioned. Mm-hmm. And there's like this general fear of feeling embarrassment and rejection from peers, um, which sort of extends from that vulnerable part of ourselves. So people reported that they would much rather be asked to do something as well, rather than doing it from their own initiative. Mm. Um, And that begs the question, does it really qualify as kindness if it's something that we don't think of ourselves? Yeah. Uh, So in this, I feel that there may be a detachment from kindness because there may be an overall fear of judgment or a fear of being misinterpreted. And remember, in a more individualistic society, you are a lot more onto your own kind of your own motivations, your own ambitions. It's very much focused on the self of the individual. So we're a bit more responsible for how we are viewed uh just generally within ourselves you know there's that pride element there so perhaps we forget about other people in the pursuit of our own goals um as we may be seen as more self-serving as a society so it's a, it's a lot to think about actually mm. yeah mm. yeah no absolutely thank you um let's go back to just talking a, a bit more about the random acts of kindness in terms of um in in their in their nature as well um do you think that um there's an assumption there that they're anonymous in nature um uh, or do you think that they're they're known or does it matter even you know if they're open or in secret i think this is a really really interesting point i think we're going to come on to it in a little while um about whether it actually matters or not but there there is definitely a growing trend to do random or spontaneous acts of kindness 
where you don't give away that you've actually done them. So like the Cadbury's campaign at Christmas encourages mm-hmm. sending chocolates secretly um, mm-hmm. and obviously Secret Santa, you know, that's quite a popular thing around um, the festive period as well, mm-hmm. um, especially in the UK anyway. Yeah. Um, but there is, I do think there's something quite beautiful about doing something that you keep secret or just to yourself. Um, and as Muslims, we know that God is all seeing and all hearing as well. Um, and I suppose for those who don't believe in a God, there is a sense of like reward or feeling good that you feel just knowing that within yourself and within your own conscience that you've done something good or positive or altruistic, um, even though you haven't disclosed it or you've not told anyone about it. There is something quite nice about that too. Yeah, no, I agree with you as well on that. I think there is there's some things that um, you know that you 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 intend to do as well, like without um, sharing with other people, and you're left with that inner contentment um, that you've done that. Um, is that enough though? Sometimes, uh, sometimes we feel the urge to have to share what we've done with other people, and I suppose as you grow, you um, you learn more about actually what what is it that makes us doing something feel more rewarding as well? I think as a child, you, you sometimes feel the need to share that with somebody or let, let an elder know that you've, you've done something, you've done something good. And so that there's that recognition, but actually, you know, as we grow, grow, I think there's maybe perhaps less of a sense of needing that um, recognition in in response to something that that we might've done um, for somebody else. Yeah, definitely. In today's age, social media drives us to share much of our lives um, and social media platforms through imagery and video, you know, drive us to show one another what we're doing. Do you think this creates a false pretense when it comes to the quality of impact of doing acts of kindness? I think it comes back to the intention of kindness, uh, Mm -hmm. as demonstrated before. So if people are posting their acts of kindness on social media, and we see these videos uh, a lot of the time, you know, the guy helping out this homeless person, Mm -hmm. and they're posting it, and you've got all these views, these comments saying, oh, my God, you're an amazing person. This is so good. Like, you know, um, you know. Or boasting that you've given money to charity um, so that they can be congratulated or they can be acknowledged. Is is this true kindness? It reminds me of that verse in, in the Bible, Matthew 6, 3. But when you help a needy person, do it in a way where the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. And we hear a lot of different adages and things from a kind of religious, spiritual um, perspectives where there is this this need for a, a humility to be cultivated within the intention of giving charity, of being kind to others. So social media, because it's such a public platform and it's something that's very, very demonstrative, it can kind of take out that essence of, uh, you know, the 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 true es- inherent essence of kindness, which, you know, is that humility, that doing something covertly rather than in order to be uh, appreciated and admired by everyone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so this that's kind of what I feel about that. Interesting. Yep. Now, that's really interesting reflections, actually. So we can summarize that there's some advantages to doing random or spontaneous acts. But either way, there's there is a power to doing the acts of kindness, um, whether we make them known or leave them unknown. And I think um, it, the impact that it has on oneself is something that I think it's important to try and unpack to understand further so that we can consciously make a decision as to how how is it that we want to carry out these acts of kindness so that we can have that impact on others around us, um, whether that's through social media or in our day-to-day as well. So Alia, you work as a mental health counsellor in your profession. 
And what do you signpost people to? You know, if you want to perhaps um, signpost them to you know, some sort of social prescribing. And can you also tell us what are the psychological benefits of carrying out acts of kindness? So in other words, um, you know, does doing acts of kindness impact our mental health as well as other other things? So in, in within my profession, um, if there's kind of things that said like social prescribing, it's it's kind of I suppose with therapy there is this encouragement of autonomy within the client, and sometimes that means demonstrating acts of kindness more towards themselves because self compassion is a real issue within. Uh, a lot of clients. So there is that thing about being the kindness towards yourself, um, which is, I think, something we're probably going to be talking about a bit more later in the show. Um, but in, in interestingly enough, when we talk about the psychological benefits of kindness, mm-hmm. uh, in 2020, the Mental Health Foundation found that 63% of UK adults agree that when other people are kind, it has a positive impact on their mental health. And the same proportion agree that being kind to others has a positive impact on their mental health. So just seeing kindness around has a way of boosting your your morale. And additionally, according to an article titled, What is Kindness in Psychology? Participating in acts of kindness can help people with depression and anxiety because mm. it diverts attention from their own personal problems in order to be there for someone else in a positive manner to be a little bit more altruistic to be a little bit more you know not so much in their head that they're actually doing something that's what we talk a lot about you know the benefits of of char- volunteering and mm-hmm. and and you know being there for others in these kind of in kind of ways because the the way that it kind of happens for you is that it stops that rumination rumination meaning going over negative emotions in your head over and over and, again. Mm. yeah yeah and it can be contagious it yeah. can be contagious so as people who have kindness demonstrated to them are more likely to then be kind to others so kindness is also a feel-good feeling you know and and when we talk about you know the effects of loneliness and how that affects things like depression and anxiety when you're kind to others that can build meaningful relationships that can build friendships you know uh, which whereby that would alleviate some of those feelings of loneliness because you're actually you know enhancing your social relationships so then and increasing that sense of belonging so there there are there are quite a few evidence as we can see that kindness can actually be very beneficial yeah and it can really like um, help with your resilience as well so you know just to just kind of when you just take part in that you don't necessarily you can't necessarily weigh the um or measure necessarily what the impact will be um in response to you but actually it's by do it's by carrying out the act that you realize and so um you know when, when it's something that um, you're taking part in part in willingly. Um, then it, I think sometimes it can feel different. Um, but yeah. It, so if you are encouraged to do it through, you know, somebody like yourself, you know, as a counselor or myself as a chaplain, then actually, right. you know, believing in 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 the the power of that, you know, different acts of kindness, I think it's really important. Um, but it's only when you exercise those that you actually realise what the impact is. Absolutely. So we're going to go on to looking at the spiritual guidance and benefits of the actual kindness, but kind of sticking with the analysis on, on ourselves for a moment, what about the impact on our physiology and our physical health? I think, well, Ali has mentioned from a mental health perspective um, and a psychological perspective, 
Um, but I'm sure that, you know, doing good to others releases those feel good hormones, mm-hmm. not just from the reward cycle perspective, but it actually gives you a deeper sense of satisfaction, knowing that you've done something positive for someone else. Um, and of course, that reduces stress as well. Helping others like random things, helping others with their bags, opening doors open for other people like chivalry. Chivalry is not dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, we need to like carry on these nice things, these nice deeds for people. Um, sharing a snack with another child in the playground I, like you don't want to be labelled strange or weird but if it's appropriate um, it's a nice thing to do um, yeah. you know if your children are playing together with others um, you know it's just it's nice to be nice um, and these are actually just relatively small things but they can have such a big impact on you know um, reducing stress in the body um, even helping out a neighbour whether you've cooked some food or you've like you've baked something and you want to share it with someone um, it really can uplift other people as well, not just, you know, give yourself that se- sense of satisfaction. Um, but it's about looking beyond your immediate self. Um, and just to give us that sense of connection as well, because yeah. I think um, this was something that was really highlighted during the COVID pandemic. Yeah. Um, this need to connect with others on like on a physical basis, yeah. um, you know, going out, seeing each other, seeing friends. Um, getting out and about that was really highlighted you know I think everybody remembers um COVID for many different reasons um Absolutely. not yeah but just the walks um yeah. everyone was out everyone was walking um and you know you're seeing in turn after COVID maybe that's dwindled a little bit and maybe yeah. we need to focus more back on that and from a physical health perspective yeah, um, yeah on, an, on another tangent though like the images coming out of Gaza at the moment um, you know, the, those people who are enduring such a lot of suffering um, and it's really, really dark times. But, you know, when we see some of the videos of the images of the children and, and those who have literally nothing left, um, it's often these people are seen to be doing the most generous, mm. kind hearted deeds, you know, sharing food from a part that they don't know when their next meal is coming. Um, mm. But they're still sharing it with their neighbours and their friends and those surrounding them. Um, and they don't think twice, you know, to sacrifice what they've got for others. Um, and I think that this sense of selflessness, um, this is something that, you know, is a really, really important quality um, when we talk about kindness. And actually, sometimes um, there does have to be an element of sacrifice, I think, in kindness. Yeah. Um, not just for self-motivating reasons, but, you know, just to look beyond your immediate self as well. Um, but yeah, those... You've made that connection Sorry. there, though, haven't you? That actually, yes, it has that impact on your mental health. Of you know that, and um, but actually, by by going out, walking, um, and taking yeah. part in, in in those activities, it directly has an impact on our physical health as well. And that's really important for us to, you know, um, uh, find time to be able to do. So those acts of kindness can be about sacrificing your time, your labour, your 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 actual kind of limbs that you 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 kind of do things with as well so um it it really does apply to your 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 whole body doesn't it yeah definitely I think it's an all-encompassing kind of kindness that we're talking about and that's kind of from all the different various perspectives but I think particularly for those who work in the charity sector Mm -hmm. um speak of the impact of you know helping others on a regular basis and how it has a huge impact positively of course on our physiological state um i just wanted to mention a charity at this point because it just sprung to mind as talking about gaza um humanity first um mm-hmm. they're a uk based or founded charity and they've been doing really really brilliant work in this regard 
um, and donating is, of course, really important. Um, so Humanity First was started in 1995, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, its origins began in the, the Bosnian crisis that was happening at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, it's become a global organization um, all over the world. So many, many volunteers and they're doing brilliant things, um, encouraging all to us all to be kind as well yeah. <laughs> and sharing with others. Absolutely. And how you take part, whether it's, um, you know, through uh, a charity or whether it's through um, Humanity Fest, for example, or others, um, you know, lots of charities invite you to take part in different sort of sorts of opportunities to fundraise. Um, and that could be like through doing a bake sale. That could be your act of kindness that you do. It could be monetary donations. So, you know, really kind of getting out there and looking for opportunities to take part in charitable work as well can really help both our mental health as well as our physical health. And most invite us to do different acts of kindness. And Humanity First being one of the charities that I've also volunteered with. So I can actually speak for myself. Um, and I've kind of given up my time to be able to go and paint classrooms and, you know, improve schools and you know, through that humble act, um, you know, it's it's been an opportunity to meet lots of people and learn lots as well. So doing acts of kindness can really broaden our horizons and um, just kind of really change the dimensions of our mind as well. Yeah, so that nicely links on to my next question. So what is a good age to start doing acts of kindness? And do you remember the first time you did an act of kindness? Um. Well, I just remember when I was younger, when I was a little girl, my mum was encouraging me to give things that I wasn't using to charity mm-hmm. and then explaining to me about people who were more needy and who needed who needed uh, different, you know, material things that, you know, sometimes we can take for granted. And I think also throughout uh, my life when I was choosing different career, my mum my always drummed into me that importance of helping others being there for humanity, serving humanity. Mm-hmm. So that's, I guess that's, that's a huge driving force behind actually why I'm in, I, I do counseling because alleviating that psych, the sort of psychological, um, you know, issues that happen within today's society. So it, it, it's very much inherent in, in, in the way that I've even taken the course of my life. And as for, what's a good age i mean sort of when kids understand about wrong or right is a good time um maybe typically about six or seven years old um and i think that's when children start to become aware of the concept of right and wrong properly and you can kind of explain to them in a little bit more detail that they can kind of internalize that uh within their actions and within school so um, that's that's what I would I would say. That's great, Melissa. Yeah, I think I would definitely agree with Alia. Like charity definitely starts at home uh, mm. from the very beginning of your bringing. Um, I'm thinking about my own kids now. I've got a five year old and a three year old, and like just little things like you know, um, after uh, they've had their dinner, putting their plates and stuff and their cups in the sink yeah. is like one step closer to it being washed but it, it will inevitably be done uh, by an adult in the house but eventually you know giving them the skills as well to look after themselves take care of themselves and be able to clean up after themselves and then from there on then it's about inculcating what can you do for other people can you offer to take other people's plates can you offer people a drink and these small small things they're they're, they're the very foundation actually of like when you're older um of, of hospitality really yeah, um and i'm speaking from like personal experience um i'm sure i gave my parents a lot of grief like all children growing up 
Um, I can't re- really recall, to be honest, my first act of kindness, but it might have been like actually listening to my parents or like mm-hmm. doing something they've asked me to do, like tidying my room or something. Um, but I'm sure a lot of parents would agree, like when when kids tidy up after themselves, that's like that is an act of kindness. Yeah. Um, yeah and I'm definitely in favor of like kids getting stuck in from a very early age. Um, it's important for them to have a sense of, you know, responsibility. And that's important too. Yeah, it's interesting actually that both of you reflected in that way that you may not necessarily clearly remember your act of kindness, but it's always about the impression that you make on someone else because they may well remember the first thing yeah. that you did that was kind to them as well. Generally Very speaking, true. we know that doing small things consistently helps like form habitual behaviour. How do we inculcate this behaviour both in children and, and also adults as well? What do you think, Alia? I think with kids, um, as said before about when they are understanding about what right and wrong is, then sort of bringing into the idea of kindness through actions. I think Melissa gave amazing examples mm-hmm. of, you know, just pitching in, helping her out in the house, um, being able to, uh, you know, just be get, kind of get on with each other. Um, with even babies, you can kind of start it through, um, they can be encouraged with like, okay, good sharing. Yeah, you know, oh, like hug the baby, give your sister a hug, give you. And I always say to my my son, I'm I'm just like, you know, be gentle. That's a good boy, you know, so that they recognize what gentleness and kindness can look like. Or I show him what gentleness is through a, a touch or you know, a sort of smile and these kind of things where he then imitates that. You know, so kindness does start at home. And I think we have to demonstrate it towards kids so that they learn and become the example they want to see. And within adults, it can be a bit trickier because we can obviously when you when you're adults you've already developed a a kind of agenda and sometimes we don't always behave kindly right we've always thought you know there's there's various factors that can happen Mm. um so sometimes what i i I definitely recommend especially when when especially if clients are struggling with somebody else being really unkind towards them within the family or anything like that i talk a little bit about boundaries and i say about you know the kind of behavior that you want them to demonstrate towards you you have to set that limit through your language like no you will not talk to me like this that's not how we talk you know we need to we need to value our relationship more and at first that can be tricky because you know the adult can maybe get a little bit affronted or offended or maybe think that you're attacking them but with that consistency and gentleness and again demonstrating a kindness with the setting of boundaries then a behavior can kind of be more modulated in a way that they can be a little bit more okay I understand what this person kind of expects from me Mm. and eventually you know it can kind of it works out a lot better for both parties so yes kindness can be learned I think at any age really yeah I think showing a good example as well and I really like what you said about boundaries because I feel like a lot of parenting for me especially at the moment is like setting boundaries of like what's acceptable what's not acceptable which sounds really harsh but like little kids they do need boundaries they do need structure um and like they need to be taught how to be kind as well um (laughs) because it's easy for young kids to um do the thing that's easiest for them um I don't want to say selfish, but um, kids can be quite one track minded with what they want to do and how they want things to be. Um, And sometimes that isn't always the best thing. Um, So, yeah, setting boundaries is really important with kids, but in all relationships as well. 
Um, and I think like kids, like anyone, um, learn from a good example and they learn through observation. So they're picking up on, you know, how all the adults in their life are interacting and experimentation as well. Um, the stories my daughter comes home from school with now is hilarious because it's about her experimenting with certain behaviors and um, pushing boundaries as well. Um, um, another uh, like charity that I wanted to mention, um, cause I mentioned humanity first before, um, there's another one called home start, which is a, another UK based charity, um, which is brilliant. Um, it's kind of like a local community network of trained volunteers, um, and they provide expert support, helping families with young children. Um, the reason why I wanted to mention it is because during COVID, um, the number of users for this particular charity rose by quite a bit and it just showed the need that families needed support and families continue to need support um so kindness can be looking out in your own local communities and and volunteering as was previously mentioned as well excellent thanks Sophie's appreciate um so just for our listeners this is pathway to peace for the voice of islam radio station and today we are discussing the power of doing random acts of kindness so moving forward, let's look at this concept of carrying out acts of kindness and look at it through the lens of faith and belief. We'll expand on what the Islamic view is in a moment, but first, I'd like to know what do other faiths say? So many world faiths have very um, similar concept around this idea of kindness um, and being altruistic. Um, mm. I think everybody's heard the phrase of what goes around comes around. Yeah. Um, so this is actually rooted in religion. Um, the concept of karma or good karma mm. um, is rooted in ancient Eastern religions of like Buddhism and Hinduism. Um, but this transcends into other faiths as well. Um, and Islam also uh, builds on this idea of um, treating others actually better than you would expect for yourself, especially or even if someone has wronged you, um, then the path that you can take is forgiveness and that is an act of kindness um to yourself and that person no it's not it's not specific um that you always have to forgive um in every instance but it's it's noted as that is that is a good path to take um and there's a specific quranic verse on this particular subject um i'll just quote it briefly um it states verily allah enjoins justice and the doing of good to others and giving like kindred, and forbids indecency and manifest evil, and wrongful transgression. He admonished you that you may take heed, and that's from chapter sixteen. Mm. Um, so that's kind of um, expands on this idea that you know it, you you do to others as you would your own family, um, and that means treating everybody with utmost respect and love. Um, and also the the concept of the golden rule is quite a popular one as well. Um, amongst all major world religions and that's the the teaching of like doing to others what you would have them do unto you so that's from Matthew I know earlier I mentioned Matthew before as well it is a popular um, scripture in Christianity um, and this is a concept in most world religions like in Islam you've got the saying of the Holy Prophet Muhammad peace and best of Allah be upon him none of you is a believer until you love for your neighbour what you love for yourself Mm. And also the Buddha t taught about, you know, don't hurt others with that which hurts yourself. Um, and this extends to many religions, like in the Jewish tradition, um, it mentions uh, the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Um, so that's from the Hebrew Bible. 
Mm. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a common theme amongst all faiths about this idea of being kind to others, extending um, goodness and love to others um, within our community and the Muslim community. We have this um, motto called "Love for all and hatred for none," yeah. and that kind of that that encompasses this message. Yeah, yeah, to um, to show that kindness to to others as well. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Um, and thank you uh, for sharing all of those examples because I think that's really helpful just to kind of frame that um, you know what we believe as Muslims, but actually, as we know, Islam. Um, you know, also teaches us to look to the teachings of other religions as well to be able to understand our own better. And I think that um, it's good to be able to see, hear, the, hear those examples, you know, from other faiths as well about what the message is. Kindness isn't necessarily intuitive um, and it requires the use of conscience, I think, though. What are your thoughts, uh, Malia? So I feel like kindness is a learned behavior. And as said before, when we see kindness in the home, then we are more likely to action it in our lives. But as we get older, our motives behind kindness can change. Do we do it as a form of reciprocity, like because somebody's been kind to us, we're kind to them? Do we do it because we're feeling just particularly generous that day? Um, Do we do it because the person is, you know, prettier or handsome and we want their attention? You know, it's important to look at why we are kind. And it's a lot easier to be kinder to someone who's perceived as pleasant than to someone who is rude to you. And uh, and in fact, you know, we're challenged that a lot, perhaps within faith. It reminds me of a hadith, actually, a saying of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, that Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him, reported that a man said to a Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, I have relatives with whom I try to maintain good relationships, but they sever relations with me, whom I treat kindly, but they treat me badly, with whom I am gentle, but they are rough to me. And Prophet Peace be upon him replied, if you are as you have said, then it is as though you are feeding them hot ashes and you will not be without a supporter against them from Allah as long as you do so. And that's from Sahih Muslim. Mm Thank you for sharing that. It's, uh, I think it's really important that we understand that there's there's a level of not just being conscious, but maybe be, uh, having God conscious consciousness as well that's required of us. Um, and having guidance through religious teachings and examples of role models like prophets and messengers, I think gives us that determination to acquire good deeds through acts of kindness. You know, as we, we are members of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community who believe and have accepted the promised Messiah, Mirza Ghulam Ahmed of Ghadiyan, um, on whom be peace, who was prophesied to come by the Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of God be upon him, in the latter days to reform not only Muslims, but people of all faiths. We have the added benefit of his wisdom and guidance and that of his successors as well, with regards to how to behave in the best way to ensure that we are mindful about acts of kindness to others and ourselves. He did not come you know, to bring a new faith, but to rejuvenate Islam and bring it back to its original teachings. And so we believe that we are true Muslims representing the true Islam because we practice these teachings in our day-to-day life. And we take an oath of allegiance to follow these teachings as well. And one of these teachings is in condition nine, um, and I'll quote here, um, that he, she shall keep himself, herself occupied in the service of God's creatures for his sake only, and shall endeavour towards the beneficence of mankind to the best of his or her God-given abilities um, and powers. 
So I think it's really um, helpful for us as uh, uh, members of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community that we actually have this guidance. You know, we have the guidance, as you've mentioned and quoted before from the Holy Quran, you know, which reminds us, uh, you know, about our responsibilities, um, but also from the teachings of the promised Messiah, on whom be peace as well, um, about how we conduct ourselves. And I think there's two key messages here that are important to take away and um, to, to reflect on. That the promised Messiah on whom be on whom be peace, his his teachings, you know, require us to focus on our obligations to God Almighty, to Allah, um, and our obligation to others as well, which are known as Hukukullah and Hukukulabad, um, our responsibilities to God and responsibilities to God's creation. And there's a verse in the Holy Quran, um, in chapter seventy-six, verse nine, and I quote, and they feed for love of him, the poor, the orphan, and the prisoner. And I think it's really important that we reflect that on that, you know, we remember that God Almighty likes good deeds very much and he desires that sympathy be shown for his creation. Um, if he desired harm, he would have directed us to be bad, but the majesty of God is free from this. Holy is Allah and great is his station. So I, I read here what's actually mentioned in the book Conditions of Bad page 153 therefore all of you who have established a relationship with me should remember that you should show compassion for everyone regardless of their religion and be good to all without any discrimination because this is the teaching of the holy quran so the promise of Messiah on him peace you know kind of reminds us um you know the the true teachings to return to the true teachings of islam um and to have that sympathy for his creation um, and I can, you know, I can also say, I suppose, in my work as a Muslim chaplain in higher education, that actually, uh, you know, the teachings of the of Islam, but also of the promised Messiah on whom be peace, really underpins our work. Um, that actually, in everything that we do, all the activities that we offer, um, whether it's worship or whether it's, you know, activities to help us get to know one another, build bridges, are underpinned by that message of fulfilling the responsibilities to God and to God's creation. Um, and actually, you know, doing these acts of kindness plays a fundamental part in being able to actually deliver the message, the true message of Islam as well. But what role does a sense of reward play, a part in our decision to take part? We all need that motivation. You know, sometimes it's not something that's, that comes to us naturally. Melissa, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, definitely. I think as humans, we are, I don't think it's wrong to say this, that we're biologically reward driven. And if something makes you want to feel good, then you want to carry on doing doing that, whatever that good deed is. Um, and this is something the second caliph of the Ahmadi Muslim community, Hazrat Musa Bashiruddin Mahmoud Ahmed, um, His Holiness spoke about and wrote in his essay, uh, 10 Proofs for the Existence of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, and I quote, thus an inherent sense of right and wrong is a magnificent proof for the existence of God. Without God, there is no reason to categorize certain things as virtuous and others as immoral. In such a case, people would do whatever they wanted without any regard for right and wrong, end quote. I think this is a really, I really wanted to put this uh, quote in Mm -hmm. um, because we've spoken about the reward cycle already and how we're literally designed to chase things that make us feel good. But I think also um, we always need a guide. We always need an example um, of something to aspire for and something to reach ahead for. Um, otherwise, it's quite easy to become lax and just sit with what's comfortable rather than, you know, push ourselves in, into um, doing something better or, or more more 
good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is this is why prophets are really important. And as Muslims, um, we follow prophets, and we we have these guides. Like in in our community, we have uh, the caliph um, to guide us. Um, because human human beings are motivated motivated by reward. It's natural and. That's why we have a belief in the afterlife and this sense of overarching judgment is very important. And knowing that the unseen things that we have done um, good or the unseen bad things that have been done are held to account. That is ultimate justice in our view. Um, yeah. And the Holy Quran um, mentions this in uh, chapter 16 um, uh, about enjoining the justice and doing good to others. This is the what I mentioned before, the, the same verse. Um, the reason why this verse is so important, though, is that it's recited every Friday mm -hmm. um, as part of the Jummah sermon, and it's recited every Eid as well. So it's a very, very key um, point, this idea of justice and doing good to others. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with you um, as well. And I think we reflected on that earlier as well, that um, you know, children need to see the kind of adults as role models, whether that's parents or you know, other close relatives. And that as adults as well, you're quite right that we have prophets and we have... Um, you know, uh, messages from God Almighty to help us, um, you know, understand what it, what it is that we're required to do. And we all need that, you know, that kind of motivation, whether we're children who are younger, whether um, it's us as adults as well. And the fifth caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mr. Mansur Ahmed, on, um, may Allah be his helper, did a sermon on faith and good deeds um, on the 19th of September 2014. And he mentioned, this is why Allah the Exalted has commanded every Muslim to not only be of strong faith, but rather in almost every place where faith is discussed, mentioned, it's also mentioned, you know, uh, uh, to make good um, and do virtuous deeds, um, making the two con uh, conditional upon one another as well. So to do good, but also to take part in, you know, doing those acts of kindness as well. Yeah, I think what springs to mind is actions speak louder than words. Um, mm -hmm. And this is why uh, many Muslims will be familiar in the Holy Quran of the phrase, believe and do good works, or in Arabic, um, it's quite often recited, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَآمِنُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ And it's very frequently recited and repeated throughout congregational prayers and also in the Holy Quran as well. And its emphasis is to show not only that you know what the right thing to do is um, and you, you are aware of it, but also acting upon it and actually doing the work. Um, and to develop that kind of condition among the people um, Allah, um, God, sends his prophets and messengers um, in order to inculcate that within his uh, his communities. Yep. So we're not left without that teaching. It's, that's really important. So what are the Islamic teachings about acts of kindness? Could you tell us a little bit more, Alia? Yeah, so in the Holy Quran, it states that and worship Allah and associate naught with him and show kindness to parents and to kindred and orphans and the needy and to the neighbor that is a kinsman and the neighbor that is a stranger and the companion by your side and the wayfarer and those whom your right hand possesses. Surely Allah loves not the proud and the boastful. And that's from Al-Nisa uh, four, chapter 4, verse 37. So in this verse, First, Allah, Allah the Almighty commands not only to treat your brothers and your near ones and your relatives and your acquaintances and your neighbors kindly, but to be compassionate towards them and to help them if they're in need and to be beneficent to the best of your ability um, and to be beneficent to those whom 
you've only met temporarily and basically to everyone and by doing so a beautiful culture of islam will be established mm-hmm. um this also extends to all of god's creatures even to animals as well um and we we might need to sort of realize that when you are developing compassion for god's creatures there is an understanding that there is something more than a good deed it's kind it's kind of you know when you're expecting nothing back and this this falls into the category of benevolence so benevolence basically means that you don't expect a return of your favors um you're just exercising a good deed for the pleasure of your creator of your lord so in this way there's such a uh, there would be such a beautiful society that is established and before we 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 spoke so much about you know the the uh, motives behind why we do kindness is it to get something back is it to but but the whole principle of benevolence is actually okay I don't expect anything back I'm just going to be kind just because yeah. I'm going to be kind uh, and if we were to have something like that, can you do you not think that we could have this really thriving society where we don't have conflicts with one another and we actually try better to to show our better face to one another? It would be it would be absolutely wonderful. Yeah, no, I agree. Absolutely. Uh, Melissa, is there anything else that you wanted to add as well? I think in terms of like intentions, I know this was mentioned before, um, but it's an important point to make because the Holy Prophet Muhammad be be upon him said, deeds are judged by intention. So then we have to kind of ask ourselves, why are we doing something good? Are we doing it to make ourselves look good? Are we trying to teach someone a lesson? Are we seeking revenge inadvertently by doing something um, kind to show off? Or are we doing it because it's morally good and right and trying to be a better example. Um, So we have to look inward, I think is what I'm getting at, as like, why are we doing something good in the first place? Um, And the promised Messiah, uh, peace be upon him, the founder of the Muslim community, um, he said that good morals are the key to other good deeds. And those who do not look after their morals gradually become useless. So I think that's quite a hard hitting quote, but it's very important to mention that there's no point in doing good deeds if you have bad, you have ill intention. Yes, so yeah. whether we should publicize acts of kindness or whether we should keep certain things private, I think generally speaking, Islam teaches that if we do something kind, we shouldn't be proud or boastful, as Alia mentioned. Um, it says in the Holy Quran in chapter uh, 16, undoubtedly Allah knows what they conceal and what they disclose, and surely Allah loves not the proud. Yep. So there is this tradition of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, that the left hand should not come to know of the charity that the right hand gives. And this is very similar to what Alia mentioned before of what was said in Matthew as well. So there's a, a lot of similarities between different faiths. Mm, no, I agree. Um, I think you've really um, helped us understand like the, those Islamic teachings um, when understood directly, um, that they are, they require you to have those inner reflections and look inwards. Um, and they, they kind of um, lift you, I suppose. Um, they, they're really exemplary and they kind of require of you to, to continue progressing um, forwards and upwards, you know, to continually try and improve yourselves. Um, and so I've, I find that they, they provide that sense of motivation that we talked about earlier, um, clarity as to what the reward is that you might feel or see in, in your life here, um, but also in the afterlife as well. And I think, you, ladies, you've kind of uh, given us lots of beautiful examples there of what the Islamic teachings are. 
Um, expanding on that then as Muslims, what acts of kindness are we invited to fulfill in our lives, you know, daily, weekly, yearly? You know, and are we called to being random or routine um, in how we create opportunities that help us to fulfill the rights of God and God's creation? I think both are important. Um, for those of us who are less structured and require more structure and routine, then it allows that spontaneity as well. Um, I'd say it's the same with kindness and doing good to others, like being regular with the important things. Mm. And then there's always room for more spontaneous acts of kindness, like helping with someone's bag or helping a parent carry a buggy on the train, which is a huge thing, by the way. Everyone should do that if, if they ever see someone in need, because in that moment, is it's really needed. Um, but like giving up your seat on the bus for like someone um, who's expecting, as just an example. Um, and Islam teaches that, you know, this is all encompassing. It's a way of life. It's not, um, it's it's a religion that teaches the rights of uh, fulfilled to God, but also yeah. to creation. And you mm. can't fulfill one without the other completely. Mm. Um, yeah. So making a charitable donation like for someone with lots of money, that might not be as much of an act of, of kindness as it is to someone with much less, um, because it's more of a sacrifice on on that person's part. Um, and this is why in Islam we have this concept of zakat, which, which is a charity, um, which is two point five percent on one's savings or assets yearly. Um, so depending on how much you have, um, that that taxes on on that particular amount that you have. Um, so having something regular like this, as well as having endless opportunities for doing like what's called sadhga, which is like voluntary charity throughout the year is really important. Yeah. So there's different ways to be able to gauge whether, you know, what we're doing um, day to day, but also a year, again, a year on as well so that we can measure right, how much have we yeah. kind of moved forwards, how much have we progressed as well. Um, from one year to the other. I, I think it's really helpful, healthy mechanisms to be able to, like I said earlier, measure, uh, you know, um, our acts of kindness in some ways. Um, Ali, do uh, you the, have anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah I was just going to say just very quickly that, you know, charity can even be a smile. You know, the Holy Prophet, peace mm -hmm. be upon him, used to teach that smiling is a form of charity as well. Um, and, 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 and what's interesting about this is also that it's such a small thing, but it affects the way that your own state of mind is. And ha as mentioned before, kindness is infectious. Happiness is infectious. It's a feel good feeling that you kind of just pass on and on and on. Um, and the other thing that's very important, I wouldn't be doing my, um, my job as a professional without pushing this self care. Self care yeah. is incredibly important. And I think with, with, uh, with in Islam, there is this kind of idea of moderation, you know, the middle path, which is when you 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 are finding balance within your life, mm -hmm. you know, not too much of one thing and not too much of the other, but the middle way. Um, so, you know, with with things, you know, enjoy what you do in life, definitely do. But then remember, also, life has discipline as well to keep you on a straight and narrow road. Um, but also, you got to you got to have fun. You got to enjoy yourself too. You got to. So it's all about balance, balance. Never be extreme in one way or another. Otherwise, you know, you can't cut your happiness can really get compromised that way. So, um, and just one, one, one last thing: the concept of kindness or isan in Arabic, which means to truly realize God's greatness and become absorbed in His beauty, as though one has witnessed Him firsthand. 
So, yeah, I absolutely agree. And we've mentioned different attributes of uh, God Almighty earlier as well. And I think it's really important, you know, to understand that God is kind and that he, you know, he requires of us or he seeks of us for us to also be kind um, to ourselves, as you've mentioned, because there are acts that we must do for ourselves to help us grow and develop, but also to others as well. Thank you both. This is the Pathway to Peace for the Voice of Islam radio station. And today we're discussing the power of doing random acts of kindness. So moving on to um, Ramadan, uh, with Ramadan on the horizon, I wanted to hear from you what sort of sorts of acts of kindness as Muslims are we encouraged to get involved in? I think there's so many. Um, I think obviously voluntary prayers um, for oneself as a form of self-care, like Alia mentioned, taking that time to reflect and connect is a huge one. Um, charity has been a theme that we've been speaking about this episode as well. Um, looking after the rights of your neighbours, it's often overlooked in today's society. It's so fast paced, everybody's busy in their own lives, but actually slowing down and taking the time to get to know our neighbours, to connect with them and share, you know, whatever food or whatever you might have. Um, there's a, a, a friend of mine who started this initiative locally of um, making these infographic cards, which have like little facts and details, which is really child friendly. Um, to be given as like a little gift pack with like some sweets at your child's nursery or school. And that's been brilliant. It's been such a good initiative and it started spreading and loads of people have been using it now. And it's just a way to inform others as well, you know, to to share in that kindness and um, to understand what Ramadan is all about, which is all about selflessness and, and kindness too. Yeah, that's really, really good to hear. We all know that it's hard, though, to keep up the ability to do good deeds. You know, what sort of tips can you share that can, you know, just remind us um, about how we can excel in doing better, better, more deeds and good deeds in Ramadan and beyond? Uh, I think we can focus on the concept of gratitude and prayer, mm-hmm. um, you know, being thankful to to God. about to Start what off have. by being thankful, like on a, on a day to day basis. Yeah, 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 just on a daily basis to be grateful to God about the different things that you have in your life and to be grateful also to others as yeah. well. Um, so that if that's extending that kindness is, is as well. So, uh, and also through, through prayer, through Melissa had already mentioned, that's a form of self care as well. So it's kind of cultivating these behaviors and habits where we can, um, get into that mindset of kindness. I mean, we, we have, we have like the first prayer of the day, the Fajr prayer before anyone kind of wakes up and we pray to God. And in those times, you know, we, we start from the time of waking Mm -hmm. with that remembrance of God, with that remembrance of being grateful with that remembrance of prayer. And it kind of can set a tone for a day. So try and set your day from your intention uh because as we can see kindness has a lot to do with intention so try and set your intention to be kind to be grateful to cultivate these behaviors where you're able to exhibit more of a positivity uh within your your countenance and your 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 spirit really thank you melissa is there anything else that you want to start yeah there was just a hadith that came to mind which the holy prophet peace be upon him said Um, Take up good deeds only as much as you're able, for the best deeds are those done regularly, even if they are few. And he also said, the most beloved of deeds to Allah are those that are most consistent, even if it is is small. And that's from um, Ibn Majah and Bukhari. Um, Really important points, I think. It's just, you know, small and steady. Don't overburden yourself with trying to do too much. Try and keep up to what's consistent, I think, is a good point. 
Excellent. No, but I think that's that's the right kind of way of, of thinking about things. I think during Ramadan, putting that into practice and then hopefully carrying on um, and continuing to do those, those sorts of small acts um, as, as you go forwards as well. Um, so acts of kindness aren't just uh, physically kind of um, are things that we just do physically. I think it's also about, you know, how we are kind to plants and trees and animals. As has been mentioned, it's important that we fulfill our responsibilities to God, but also God's creation, the environment and ecology. And kindness can certainly cross borders. I mean, it can cross domains and be also expressed through language as well as, you know, expression of physical acts. And there's a saying by Mark Twain that kindness is a language the deaf can hear and the blind can see. And so in some ways, the power of uh, kindness is uh, immeasurable and infinite. It can have a lasting effect. Um, And as Muslims, you know, we are spreading kindness through our language as well. Um, Alia, did you want to tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so even just our greeting of uh, assalamu alaikum, you know, peace be upon you. We are we we are setting that intention of peace. We are blessing that other person. Um with we are we are asking for God's blessing upon them. You know, and and also for that, you know, I was just going to say coming going back to the Ramadan point, you know, there is the if somebody is to hurl abuse at you, just respond by saying I'm fasting. You know, do not retaliate, do not, you know, do not go back to them or try to start a fight. No. Just focus on your on your fasting, and that's that's discipline as well. So through our language, we're able to spread that whole thing about about um, kind of everything to do with kindness and being able to be there for other people and to be able to support other people. So language is incredibly important. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Thank you. Um, so only for time reasons, we need to finish our discussion here. Um, kindness is the power to build bridges, lower barriers, and importantly, carry out justice. Sometimes punitive measures are required to fulfill justice, and other times therapeutic measures are required. What method we adopt to right or wrong and to attain true justice can hinge on the compassion we show to one another. Once we can comprehend the compassion we're called to execute and how we can reform ourselves to do so, can we then really fulfill justice? And that is the key to achieving peace in society. Treat others how you want to be treated. Greet each other with a greeting of peace. Believe that kindness and compassion can make a difference. Spread spread kindness through words and actions. And remember that actions do speak louder than words. I'd like to thank our listeners for being so kind and staying with us during this discussion. And I'd like to thank the panel for being so generous with your time and efforts to explore this topic.